1: We just have a good rhythm together, you know, he sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Isn't it funny, our instincts are always the same. Last week, we both thought, I'll launch this (laughs) thing off, and then this week, just a very unnatural silence to begin the episode. Hello! Hello! And welcome along to episode 48 of season 4 of The Worst Idea of All Time, a critical review of the 2008 film Sex and the City, The Movie, The Movie. I am Guy Montgomery, broadcasting live from New York, joined as ever by Tim Batt, a man who has not yet spoken and, if I continue to run my sentences together, will remain respectfully silent for as long as I've got something to say. And I do have something it's, to say, mm. which is welcome, Tim.
0: Hi, it's so good to be here. It's so good it's, to hear your voice, Guy. A sentence I've said for the second time this morning, because the first time I said it, on the word your, you hung up on me. Yep. Yeah, I am not here to uh, exchange
1: pleasantries. I'm here to get down to business. I've had Clearly. a... Um, a formal watch of the movie, I would say. Uh, a real throwback. Um, forced engagement, uh, both by myself and by an arbitrary yet seemingly important task I assigned myself on the previous episode. But I would say of the previous 47 watches, it's pro- it's definitely top five. Possibly the most engaged wow. screening I've had of Sex in the City.
0: Jesus. Hey, can I m- make a brief suggestion? Because the- I would like for us to just stay in what you've done for this entire episode so before we do can we just get my watch very briefly out of the way was it done in vr no and here's why i've ordered the vr headset and uh i've been tracking it on the courier but unfortunately it did not get to me in time so here's here's what's going to happen um i'm thinking I'll wear the VR headset and there's actually a bathtub at my house. So I thought if I get that tepid temperature, you know, just right, it could sort of act like a sensory deprivation chamber. So I can just be in there with Carrie and the gals and no one else. And the only sensory information I will have is my 48th watch of Sex in the City, the City, the movie.
1: Oh, man. Um, That is so grim. Because I think these sens- sensory deprivation tanks, I feel like the water temperature is monitored and maintained. But if yep. you're going to draw yourself a tepid bath, this is a long movie. Two and a half hours yeah. is long enough for the water to become cold and for Tim to become sick. Yeah, thought did occur to me. And uh, it's important, I think, <laughs> you know, in the interest of uh, making you as physically ill as possible, that you don't adjust the temperature. Once you're in the bath, you're in the bath. You know bath Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, you can't change the water. The whole family's got to share the water.
0: All right. Well, here's um, what's going to happen then. I'm going to make a too hot bath, and I'm quite sensitive to temperature, so that's not going to go well. And then I'm just going to be burning for a bit, and then probably by the last forty-five, I'll be very cold. Do you know? And it's winter right now.
1: There's a. That's a really uh, nice feeling is when you have got a, You've drawn yourself a bath, and uh, the water's too hot, and you put your toe in, or you put your fingers in to test, and you have mm-hmm. to pull them out. You go ah. Oh, it's too hot! Yeah, ha. and that moment uh, itself is not physically pleasant. But what is pleasant is the knowledge that not long after that you're going to be having a lovely bath. You know, like it's 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 sitting there, knowing that something great is about to happen. Knowing you're about to eat. You know, in, in two minutes. Do you you rock a bath? Huh? On a regular? No, very rarely do I have a bath. Uh, but. I've got fond memories of it. I remember that your body feels like it's radiating heat immediately afterwards. I think mm. um, no. Actually, there is no need to wander down that that path. So oh, i go on. We'll refrain. A little tease. Go on. When I was much younger, I think I shit myself in a bath, and that is. Um, I see. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is. Uh,
0: yeah, it's 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 not a scene for anyone really. Guy, it's, Let me. Can I tell you something? Maybe this is to do with the fact that I've only just gotten out of bed. I don't know. Maybe I'm vulnerable. I love you, man. Aye. You are vulnerable. I love you too, but you have shown weakness. My eyes Uh, are stinging from the movie. They're physically stinging. Did you watch it all this morning? I watched uh, exactly 50% of it last night after I did a late night comedy show. So I was Mm -hmm. on and then, yeah, started watching... I find nothing nothing
1: compliments the adrenaline hit of immediately finishing a live comedy performance like schlepping home to settle down with the gals. No one can really relate to the experience of live performance quite like Miranda, Carrie, Samantha, and Charlotte.
0: Yeah. It was not good. But that was kind of fine, because that's, that's all right to do that, to you know let the adrenaline subside and you, you're you sort of doing something while that happens. But to set your alarm after a late-night gig and forcing yourself to stay up till half-past one watching a movie and then s- setting your alarm for a crisp 7.15 a.m. start because that's the minute you need to start watching again. Oh, so yeah, good. Anyway, me, enough about me.
1: No, 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 no. That's the never-ending... um. You know, that's, that's uh, a philosophical question that will plague, you know, us for, for, for all of time is, you know, whether or not it's, it's better or worse to do a one-hitter because, you know, that, that uh, night and morning breakup you've got there, that is you're ruining the end of a day and the start of another. Whereas, you know, if you, if you distribute it differently, you're just
0: ruining one day or even part of a day. I'm all right with it. I, I don't mind the split. The only thing I don't like about the split is the, um, the disrespect of it. You know, the disrespect to the project which we are engaged oh, with. That I don't like, appreciate.
1: Listen to you peddling your bloody PR spiel, towing the company line.
0: Mm. Uh, well, I'm well, no, a brown I, noser. What can I say? I'm yeah, trying to make yeah. nicey-nice with the boss. Who's the boss? The boss is our sole libertarian listener. That is the person signing our checks. Can I ask you a professional question? Always. Who's the boss between us? The boss. Well, be honest. I'd have to say I'd have to say me, and I don't like that. Would you agree with that? Uh, I would say I. I, It's felt uh,
1: that you. It's felt like you've been the boss for, for times. For like probably the majority of the time we've been doing this, it's felt like you're the boss. But then, uh, this season, I feel like
0: sometimes I've felt a little bit like the boss. Good. I don't, I don't actually look, um, the boss is kind of the wrong title. I'm like the office administrator. No. There's only one
1: type, there's only one job title between us, and it is the boss. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, would
0: you like to be the boss this episode, or would you like someone else to be the boss i want I definitely want someone else to be the boss. I do not want to be the boss in this in this project well,
1: uh punch your time card in because i uh-huh. I will be your boss Oh, thank you <laughs> and my first um <coughs> oh sorry, everyone in my house is getting really sick because none of us got the flu vaccine because we don't believe in vaccines, and that's why I'm <laughs> coughing. <laughs>
0: isn't it summer
1: uh not not in this office not in this building (laughs) all i'm trying to tell you is is this as your boss i want you to describe to me uh your your viewing experience the emotional high and the emotional
0: low um well is emotional high a synonym for shining light because it was it was for me like it was it was my favorite bit you know makes sense. it was the best you felt it was yeah yeah go ahead I think it was coming off the back of doing a live stand up comedy show but for some reason Carrie Bradshaw's joke against Big when they're in bed together at the start of the movie and she's reading a book of love letters from historic men and Big asks oh am I in there and she says no but some of your classmates are Napoleon, Voltaire I thought that was funny <laughs> I was it was good it was a good joke she sassed him that's uh well
1: yeah i respect that whoever wrote it mattress Pikelet, uh Mm. you know he was bound to think it would hit you know it's not gonna it's not gonna work every time but occasionally it's gonna hit home and um happy to hear it pulled uh, it did its
0: job it pulled low light um i mean when i do remember viscerally because this was only an hour and a half ago or something like that Steve getting out of the car to meet Miranda at the engagement party and my eyes just stinging from being awake looking at his screen that early um, as he exits the car. And I was just thinking, this is this is no way to live, is it? This is no life for Tim. Uh, you, you, did you feel
1: uh, some sort of kindred connection to Steve and how downcast he nah. was looking? Nah,
0: fuck him. Fuck all of them.
1: But like I will say this,
0: I did sympathize with Steve this week a lot more than I have before, which was interesting. What what this what inspired watch. that, do you think? It's just the fact that uh, uh, the, when Miranda goes, let's get it over with, when they're having sex, for some reason that really fucked me off, this watch. Cause oh, I, wow. I, I put myself in his shoes. I was like, you know... You're in, a, you're, you're in a marriage with a um, successful, powerful woman and she's very busy all the time. She's working around the clock. You're looking after a kid. You've got a small business of your own and you're not doing enough fucking and then you do get to fucking and then uh, she's like, hey, you know, TikTok, mate, let's let's get this done. I was like, man, I'd be so, so pissed about this if this was me. So well, um, it's good to
1: know it's good to know that you were that in the movie at one point. It's like, yeah, you man, know, it, was it wasn't a, it wasn't an emotional high point, but it's nice to know that you felt uh the experience that one of the characters in the movie was feeling because I honestly could not tell you the last time I <laughs> I experienced that sensation. True.
0: And that's what we that's what we go to the cinema for, is it not? It is. It's why we see movies once, maybe twice, but not thrice. And certainly not 47 times. 47 eyes. So, uh, as you know, I
1: have uh, gone to the trouble of writing down everything Carrie says in VO uh,
0: during this movie. and It's voiceover for the uninitiated.
1: Yeah. Um, still not 100% clear... You know, within the world of the film, like as a, as as a, an outside observer, as someone watching the movie, the voiceover is obviously it's to help drive the story forward and uh, it's just, you know, some flavour, some connective tissue. It's a continuation of a device used in the TV show. I, I understand that. But uh, even after transcribing it all, within the movie, I still don't quite know what these little asides and quips and commentaries amount to where they're meant to go Uh uh-huh uh how she has access to all of this information
0: and how do you want to approach this guy we're going to go through one by one or you just want to do some commentary on the pile
1: uh well i've sort of probably i guess one by one i've sort of grouped them into segments great uh, so the first one is... I'll, I'll, well, actually, I'll go through the first one and then we can assess how we're feeling about it. So the first one is what we're I've described boss. as the the opening overview. So these are all the things that Carrie says over the opening montage as we are establishing the world uh, of the, the movie. Uh, it opens year after year. 20-something woman come to New York City in search of the two owls. Can you finish this sentence, Tim?
0: Labels and love my man having uh, let me have a run at it uh having no you already fucked years? it oh shit uh so
1: 20 something woman i mean if if it's a book that she's writing or if it's a sentence that that is the first thing that stands out to me because the way it's written if you write it down it reads as 20 something woman so year after year yeah. between 20 and 29 woman yeah, women, yeah. Moved to New York City, looking for labels and love, which seems low. Even yeah, if absolutely. We've
0: ev- we've talked about this recently.
1: Even if it's just a subset of the number of women who move here, you know, you'd think. Anyway, so uh, labels and love. Twenty years ago, I was one of them. Oh. Having gotten the knack for labels early, it I is. concentrated on my search for love. Turns out, a knockoff is not as easy to spot when it comes to love.
0: Mark, you're married? You asshole! I hate you!
1: That's um, Until it is. It's the character. Yeah, you did a great job there. Uh, that is why you need help to spot this. Lots of help. Help, also known as Charlotte York, ding, Miranda Hobbs, ding, and Samantha Jones. My name is Carrie Bradshaw. Ding. That's good storytelling. Hey, bing bang bong bing. These are our four. The core four. Uh for sure, really? How are you feeling about how are you feeling about the movie at this point? Like is my reading this uh prompting any visual imagery for you? Is it prompting any yeah. emotional
0: emotions for well, you? It's very weird because we're contracting all the things that are in between, right? Like when you are saying the characters' names, that's the bit where they do the montage from the TV show, right? Of them delivering lines to explain their, their current situation? There's is that uh, later? There's, that's later. So this, oh, th- shit.
1: This, is, this is them walking down the road and they all oh, sort yeah, of, okay. you know, okay, as shit. their name is called, they magically appear. Yeah, so yeah, then yeah. Uh, she says, my name is Carrie Bradshaw and I'm a writer. Year after year, my single girlfriend for my salvation.
0: And as it turns out, My meal ticket. Can I pause you there? So, if we are... Because I think the predominant idea is that we're led to believe this is either in the column or in a book that she's writing. And to (laughs) write, I'm a writer in either of those styles of publication seems pretty fucking redundant. Uh, So, do we discount that idea and now we're just dealing with a movie that for some reason broadcasts, broadcasts occasional thoughts... Of the protagonist.
1: Uh, perhaps. So there's some sort of just almost voice of God. Yeah. First person voice of God of a character who... Someone who's describing... Is it? I mean, is it with the power of hindsight? Because all of all of it's written in yeah, the... Yeah, true. Is it, it's all sort of written in the present day or spoken in the present day.
0: Oh. There is a tense problem with this, isn't there? It should be fuck yeah it should be in the past tense but it's not written like that which i get because you want to have the active voice to make it a bit more engaging but it would make a lot of sense if it was like in the style of a children's you know they do that with kids movies based on a storybook like a brother's grim tale it's like once upon a time there was a princess yeah do it like that once upon a time there were four ladies in new york city thirsty for adventures and some of us some pain yeah, they love pain. Uh, I mean, them. it's
1: see. So this is the thing. I I think this question, unless we sort of take control and make a decision of of what the narrative represents, you know, for ourselves, I could read this entire transcript of uh, voiceover to you, and we wouldn't have a clearer answer.
0: Well, boss, this is up to you. This is why you get the big checks. Uh, I want to see a little bit more uh, assumption of responsibility from you,
1: actually, Mister Bat.
0: Okay. Fair enough. In that case, wait, do we just have to make the call now? Uh, No, you asking that question has made the call. We'll decide later. Uh,
1: So now we start describing the the lives of the characters. And this is all really, I mean, the function of it cinematically is purely just to get everyone in the cinema up to speed
0: with who these people are. Excuse Uh, me, boyfriend of person who bought a ticket to this? Listen to this so you know what's about to happen.
1: That's right. Uh, Charlotte was looking for the perfect love. Well, almost perfect. Uh, and so, yeah, this is, this is cut up with moments from the movie. So this is her failed marriage to the Trey, who is impotent, I believe. Uh, so Charlotte and Harry journey to China and back for their daughter, Lily. So we've got her whole story. Miranda was a disciple of tough love. And and then she falls in love with Steve and has Brady. And she says, ah, and Miranda journey to Brooklyn for Brady and Steve. Two uses of
0: journeyed is a verb. It's a weird verb. It's not in common usage. And Mattress Parklet King is being two of them together. It's poor writing. Get a
1: thesaurus. That's a good ear because he does this all the time. Uh, Samantha's love was sex. Lots of sex. Now, she's used sex twice there. Uh, And then she found a man that combined sex and love. So, Samantha journeyed to Hollywood with television star Smith Jared. The fact that he's used it three times almost makes it seem like it's on purpose, but I refuse yeah. to believe that because there's no okay. actual <laughs> there's no actual value in repeat, repeating the word journey. Like, what? Is this telling us we're about to go on a journey?
0: Oh, I thought you meant the word sex three times. Yeah, nah, there's no point to using the word journey more than once. It's weird. Unless you were talking about um, the band, which would be cool. It, maybe it was a bit... Someone's like, I bet you can't put the word journey three times in the first that, five minutes of the film.
1: I'm sorry, I got a call in the middle of our, our conversation, but... It
0: was confusing. Yeah, what happened to you? Did it go on call hold or what? I don't know, it just went quiet for a bit. Onwards, guy, let's journey forward. Yeah, it's, it's nice to know how phones work. Uh, as for me, I was looking for something big. Mr.
1: Big. Turns out, when that big love comes along, it's not always easy. And, despite all the other chapters of my life, no one was ever quite big enough. Until, and just like that, I was. Three books and three years later, we still feel like those four single girls. And even though time has moved us on, I managed to stay exactly where I was. In love. So, I mean, this last one to me is is the funniest. If you think about it as a, a book, if you think of Carrie yeah. writing her book and um, in between, you know, describing the outcome of something, she just remembers to herself the events <laughs> that led to it. And then she goes, ah, that was great. And then continues <laughs> because
0: that is the narrative device she has used. That is such is, a simple tin Uh, thing to do isn't it just like remember some good times that are still sort of going (laughs) (laughs) quietly to yourself and then forget that you haven't written them down I mean for a professional author this is borderline unforgivable stuff Um, do you know what though and I, this may be immature, but I feel like the name of the franchise is "Sex in the City." We're already geared to be thinking about it, and for Mattress Pikelet like King to dangle these lines in front of us tantalizingly, such as "No one was ever quite big enough." I mean, are we talking about dick size, or are we not talking about dick size? Let's well, be real if, here. Has Carrie been auditioning dicks?
1: If you read it as a book. We're talking dicks, but if you watch it as a movie, we're talking a character. And I suppose that the very ambiguity you've uh, articulated there, term, is possibly what made the character name so fun to begin with. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so that's the first chunk of voiceover, and you know that's it's pretty clearly just a storytelling device. I think you know that we all we all because. You know, we are vaguely familiar with the series at this point. Uh, we don't think to be like, what is this voiceover? Where does it fit into the world of the movie? Because it's just what we expect. Because it's just a continuation of how the story functioned on the show. Yes. I mean, I'm sh- you know, it, this is where our unfamiliarity with the TV show really uh, holds its own. Because I'm sure that there have been huge conversations <coughs> around the use of voiceover in Sex in the City and... And what it represented,
0: but I've for- seen it. I've seen the odd episode, and f- from memory, because obviously was on the box a long time ago. It was, it was used correctly for exposition. So it's like, well, exposition and sort of like character development. Because I think they used it quite well to either drive the story forward into the next bit. It's just a neat little shortcut to to be like, and then you know. Um, the answer to the question walked in the room or fucking whatever. Uh, but also it can give you a unique emotional insight into what the characters are feeling. But in the movie, they don't really do either of those things, which we yeah, will find right. out as we go on with these lines. But that's how you're supposed to use this. And from memory, that is how they did use it in the in the TV show, to great effect. In the In the
1: movie, it winds up sort of functioning almost... Like uh, you know, when in a spy movie, say, and there's the there's a shot of a new location, and then it just the words come up and type on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what this is. Yeah, uh, and or, it, like, um, but interspersed indis- perhaps- with occasional half baked sort of you know, uh, wisecracks or you know, pieces of purported wisdom, but just do you know what it
0: is? Unbearable idiocy. Continue, yes. I- it adds so little to the to the film that it's almost um it's an aid for the uh visually impaired. Have you ever witnessed those tracks? Have you ever heard them on T V shows and movies? You turn yeah. them on and they talk to you about what's in the scene. So it's like if if you could see you're seeing this, if you're visually impaired, you're hearing a person describe this scene. That's what Carrie's narration is in Sex in the yeah, City. Absolutely a
1: thousand times yes uh so the next one this is a new segment now which is just one it's only one line which is um finding the perfect apartment in new york city it's like finding the perfect partner it can take years so that line can go because we're seeing we're seeing them looking for an apartment (laughs)
0: let's put a line through that one shall we folks because
1: that, they, they say, in the, in the corresponding scene, they say, what number is this again? 34. Lucky 30. Like, we get it. You're yep. finding it hard to find uh, a multi-million penthouse apartment that is exactly to your specifications. I understand. If they have the money to just buy outright and immediately this top-level penthouse in this building, why have they spent 34 other instances fucking around looking at these absolute dives?
0: Absolutely. Not believable.
1: Just, it's also inefficient. If it is true. You've
0: got, you have access to an entire tier of real estate that 99.9% of the population would never even see.
1: Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
0: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together.
1: what are meant, you know, they're, they're, what I meant to be their scungy apartments, and um, I actually found my shining light in this moment. It's uh, uh, disgusting. Well, it was, it's after they've been looking around the apart- After they look around the first apartment, the real tour. After nailing his delivery on, we see that she goes, "It's more," and the the letting agent or whoever goes, "How much more?" and he goes. More and he's Mm. he fuck he's smash I mean every week he smashes the shit out of that line. He's not getting a lot to work with, but he really makes it his own. Uh and then so he's got this sort of very this he, he he's it cuts off of him to um his finger pushing the pH penthouse button in the lift, which by the way, I've brought up before and I'm just gonna say it again, is totally incongruous with Big having asked the elevator to go down when we saw them in the hallway moments before. What? I mean You've never mentioned that. No I have because I remember complaining that we should have seen everyone in the lift going down to the ground floor. Oh, true. And then all the way back up to the penthouse. But you said sometimes movies,
0: you know, decide to edit out scenes that they don't think are necessary. I'm to the so story. sorry I blocked I honestly don't think I understood what you were saying at the time. Guy, that's fucking funny, man. That's a great <laughs> observation from you. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Anyway, so we'll just
1: overlook this glaring fucking edit, or error, sorry, and then, so you see him push the button, and then we cut back to the doors closing, and the realtor nods to himself, and it's impossible to discern whether or not this is the actor nodding to himself after smashing his line of saying more (laughs) before, Yeah. Or if this is the real tour, nodding to himself like that is the perfect amount of vagueness. This is a very intriguing offer I've made. I'm really on the fucking, you know, I'm on the precipice of a big sale here. But uh, the the pride and smugness that is pasted on this guy's face was something I hadn't seen before and something I was really happy to come across.
0: That was your shining light. And I think a fair one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, uh, thank you for proving
0: he's, he's fucking good that guy I enjoy him I like I uh, him I like him so much I have projected that he is in a different scene which he's not later when Carrie's in the Vogue office
1: that's true um, is that
0: yeah is that desire
1: or just familiarity when you it's think you see it again it's desire baby <laughs> pure desire uh, so then mm. we go to uh, the big auction is what I've written and Carrie says, it was a rare occasion that brought all types of New York women together. And it doesn't. We see an image of a bunch of rich white women. Uh, Blair Elgin was a waitress turned model turned actress turned billionaire's girlfriend who came home one night to find herself unceremoniously turned out on the street. And now, she was getting the ultimate breakup revenge. An embarrassing and very public auction of all the jewellery he had given her when they were happy. Uh, Honestly, not a bad bit of voiceover. Functions yeah. in articulating what is happening in front of us and also yeah. could make sense in a book.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. We'll allow it because it's quite a strange... It's the fucking spy movie thing. You're right. This is... um. Oh, fuck. What's that, What's the, the last James Bond movie called with Daniel Craig? Maybe it's the one uh, before
1: that. I it? think it was called uh, Die Another Day. The last no. Daniel Craig <laughs> one no definitely no. die another day no no no, no yeah no. and uh, daniel craig was played by pierce brosnan
0: wait what the fuck no nah man that's not how it works anyway yeah <clears throat> um that's a very functional line and it's good because we're in a foreign environment it is quite hard to make heads or tails of what's going on green light green light on that one yeah i don't think if we do go line by line i don't think we'll get through all of this today but um
1: I'm going to keep going for now because mm. it, it no, turns out. Let's there's...
0: commit. Let's just make a really long episode of the podcast, guy. I got nowhere to oh. fucking be. It's Saturday morning, I have got my cup of coffee here and my pay the boys mug. <laughs> I I respect that.
1: Uh, I'm glad that you have nowhere to be. Uh, I'll continue. Post engagement. So that's the next subheading. Post engagements. So this is after her and Big have become engaged, very functionally become engaged. Says, and the big news was about to go by coastal Cut it, don't need it. Uh, as a wedding gift, this is under the same subheading, but further along. Sorry,
0: just quickly, let me do narration to that narration. That is when uh, Samantha Jones, who's on the West Coast, finds out because Carrie gives her a ring to tell her. That's what's about to happen. You got it. Uh, and the big news is about to go by coastal
1: So later on, as a wedding gift, Charlotte had given me Anthony Scaramucci, friend and wedding no, planner.
0: No, Marantino. Yep. Anthony no. Marantino, the mooch. Uh, Brother so or cousin? The guy. Oh, it's I, him. okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I really enjoy that line because it's interesting to see politi- You know, modern politics colliding with an, an older film, and uh, it's just fun to think. You know how long people's lives are and how many different roles they fill within them. True that.
0: Okay. Um, You don't want to push back on that any harder? No, because you've told me we're not going to get through all of them. I'm trying to keep the pace. Okay. Uh, So then, flash
1: forward again. That line also can be totally cut. We can see it. Anthony Scaramucci. We can see that he's a wedding planner. Um, It's not necessary. It seemed everywhere I went, people had seen page six.
0: Even people you didn't expect. Hey, guys. Do you know what's funny about that is, I can't remember who it was, but I'm pretty sure there is, or there was, a Trump cabinet official who got the job after being the wedding planner for, like, Jared and, um, uh, what's her name? Ivana? Ivanka? Ivanka's wedding? And they, like, Uh, gave the wedding planner a real big job in the government. I did not know that. That So this, this is
1: neat. Yeah, well... I hope that... Well, now they will. I hope that our sole libertarian listener can uh, put all those pieces together. But conveniently, Tim has seen you struggling with a jigsaw puzzle, picked up a piece and put it in place and said, there, you fucking dolt. Can't you see? It's simple. Here's why. Uh, It seemed... Everywhere I went, people had seen page six. Even people you didn't expect. Like my Vogue editor, Enid. Just absolute hot tripe. I... There is no reason that your Vogue editor, the editor of Vogue, would not be keeping up to speed with the comings and goings of page six, like the sort of, you know, salacious uh, entertainment section of the newspaper with all the comings and goings of high society people. You're out of your fucking... Like, it's a it's a humble brag. They've written a humble brag for Carrie there. Mm. You would expect your editor... I'll tell you, he wouldn't expect to know that is the random fucking guy walking into the lift going, Hey... Carrie, she doesn't even know him to say, oh, hey, Greg, nice to see you. That's who you wouldn't yeah. expect. Someone close to you, of course they know. Someone close to you whose job, in addition, is also keeping up to speed with that sort of information, you would expect that every day of the week.
0: Guy, do you know it would be fun? If there was a janitor who knew.
1: Well, maybe there is, Tim. Who's to say? But if, they, we'll if put they it
0: in the, No, I'm saying that's a fun, put that in the movie. Don't make it Enid, the fucking Vogue editor. Of course she's keeping tabs on everything. They make might it have. the goddamn janitor in the building who sees <sighs> Carrie and is like, Hey, Carrie, congrats. That would be unexpected and cool. You've opened my eyes here, Tim, because anything that is
1: not expressly, is expressly not shown in the movie, for example, a janitor saying, Hey, Carrie, where are you going? <laughs> could still exist within the world of the movie. And so... The problem with the way we've been watching this is I don't think we have to accept total responsibility, but more than we have been. The limits of this movie are the limits of our imagination. Why have neither of us seen a janitor before or even the opportunity for a janitor before? You know, someone's got to mop those
0: hallways. Yeah, dude. They don't clean themselves yet. I'm looking at you, Zuckerberg.
1: Who's playing, who's playing the janitor in your mind's eye?
0: <clears throat> Same dude Pierce Brosnan um, No What's this fucking Oh that's good though I was gonna say Nathan Lane I think um, Matthew Broderick Brought him to set One day Cause they're pals And uh yeah. Fuck How good would it be To see Nathan Lane As a janitor In this movie God damn it well, I would love that
1: What well, As the is the um, Co In Vogue the, It's him It's him and Pierce Brosnan They own the business together <laughs>
0: I love it. I'm seeing them in overalls. There's quite a height differential because I think Pierce Brosnan's not massively tall but he must be about 6'0 to play Bond I would think. And Nathan Lane he's quite short I think. So that'd be that'd be a fun pairing. <laughs> they should be the Super Mario Brothers. They should reboot it. And Nathan Lane should be Mario and Piers Brosnan should be Luigi. <laughs> you are getting a real kick out of that. Why did you cast I'm them in so that order? I'm so tired. Hey? Why do
1: you cast them in that order? Why should Nathan should Because uh, Nathan Mar- Lander- Mario
0: short, Mario's uh, short and Luigi a, is
1: tall. Sometimes it's just as simple as that, folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we're up to...
0: <laughs> That'd be a good movie.
1: Now we're up to the... Well, it can be. It can be in our movie. We're up to wedding preparations. So uh, Carrie's saying, just your typical Wednesday, hang out with old friends like Stanford Blatch and new friends like Vera Wang. And then there's a, there's actually, I timed it out. There is a four minute pause between all of these uh, designers that she lists. Fucking hell. So this. Four minutes, guy. Yeah. This scene actually goes for 25 minutes. (laughs) Uh, And new friends, like Vera Wang. So I'm going to do all the pauses. Hmm. Three more minutes.
0: Where are we up to one and a half minutes to go? This is unthinkable. <laughs>
1: And Carolina Brown.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) No, no, no. Come on, mate. Come on, mate. That's the worst thing we've ever done. Oh, God.
1: And so forth and so on.
0: Uh... That was the worst thing we've ever done on this podcast. I felt, uh, honestly, I felt supported. I had a great time. Good. Folks, Guy sent me in the middle of that silence a picture of him which I can only describe as the definition of smug. (laughs) Just sent me the photo in the middle of that narration silence. Uh... Da, da, da. And finally, Vivian Westwood, a dress so special it could bring a wedding tear to even the most da. da, da. You committed to four minutes of real-time silence from the film and you're giving me da-da-da. Fuck you, man. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, so there are, including Vera Wang and Carolina Brown and Vivian Westwood... Yes. There are seven labels listed... I will give you uh, $5 for every... Apart from those three, so there are four oh, unnamed labels, no. so I'll give you $5 for every label you can name.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. Fuck. I really should know this. Um, Oscar de la Renta? Is that how you say it? Yes, nailed it. Five bucks. Um, Fucking... Uh, that's probably me. Dior? Shit! Something Christian called my,
1: my Gown? I never know how they how to say it. Oh. So that so that, that one's rings like,
0: no bells. It's something like that. Uh, and Christian Lacroix. Yeah, fuck, I should have got that. Christian Lacroix. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Uh,
1: and then... Oh, yeah. And then... The impossible happened, and just like that, Vivian Westwood kicked my sweet little suit's
0: ass. um That that line I'm fine with. We're getting a bit of insight into what's what's happening moving forward, you know? Yeah.
1: Uh, so this next line is we've spoken about at length before. Uh, with my mind prenuptu pre-
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> With my mind prenuptially preoccupied, I became delinquent on my library books, and suddenly the tra- the... keep going I'm trying the love stories the tragic love stories the love Mm -hmm. stories of withering heights and love story were going to cost me more than just a few tears pretty fucking good man grade uh
1: B B plus A minus if you hadn't stumbled I'd be inclined to give you an A minus uh few keywords though probably B with my mind prenuptially preoccupied, I became delinquent with my library books. So now the tragic love stories of Wuthering Heights and Love Story are going to cost me more than a few tears. Actually, no, I will give you an A minus.
0: I, I fucking you... nailed that. It was the hesitation that'll that'll knock me down from an A plus.
1: Yeah, I would say word wise, you got ninety uh, percent of the words right. So I think weird. I got all of them right. No, you we don't. won't
0: dwell on this. All right.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay. So then she discovers the library was perfect. Big and I would be married in the classic New York landmark that housed all the great love stories. No question of organisation or cost. It's just what we're going to do. Don't worry about it. Um, Mm. Could be communicated just by Carrie looking at people getting ready for the wedding. Not necessary. And to think that you would insert the line prior to that, which is like the worst piece of writing in the movie uh, that is glittering with bad writing, is heartbreaking uh the next line i have the subheading pure smut can you guess, go on can you guess what the next line of voiceover is from the clue pure smut
0: well i'm guessing it comes after the cafe conversation we're talking about how much sex everyone has carrie has uh explicitly said to the gals Um, but I will say this when big colours he rarely colours inside the lines and then we go to the apartment where he is on the balcony now what is the line of narration Carrie says it's something about him not oh oh totally outside the lines correct my man yeah the people's champ Timbo whoo
1: disgusting if you Absolutely take that as a piece of standalone narration mm. i mean i guess it's not dripping with the fucking filth that we know, you and i know it is to to a reader but just yeah to honestly type the words out and look at them now it makes me feel sick
0: <laughs> i i see them dripping with cum it makes me feel wretched uh not just any cum chris knots cum Oh, just skills, it just skills. Um, <laughs> Why? Why is he Italian? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Do you he could be he could be King Koopa in this um, Mario Brothers reboot.
1: <laughs> uh, look, uh, there's so there's so much more. It continues. Um, I'm gonna I, I've got a, a an end point in my mind that I will get to, and then we'll pause okay. it. Radio. Uh, so after that, I've got the subheading Samantha and the sexy neighbor. And that is how Samantha learned she had a new neighbor. So that's when we see Dante fucking. And then, mm-hmm. uh, from then on, night after night, while Smith got his beauty sleep, Samantha found something more interesting to watch than TiVo. Which is to guess that uh, voyeuristically watching live sex is more entertaining than the greatest minds in television who, you know, work tirelessly to put together compelling. Narratives that feature the right amount of heart, warmth, drama, levity, action, and uh, to guy, think that you could just watch your neighbor, na- you could illegally just watch your neighbor fuck. Yeah. And that's a that's a cosign from Carrie. Um, so, in the next subheading I've got is the interminable apartment montage. While Samantha put on the best of the 80s, I put on the worst fashion show fashion show fashion show fashion show it took four friends 3 days to put 20 years into 38 boxes i quite like that writing yeah four four different numbers in a mm. pretty short sentence uh the next subheading i have is disgusting love making
0: scene can you guess that line tim um <clears throat> uh charlotte made love to harry four times that week fuck my man that really really
1: puts a, a smile on my face nailed it ah
0: yes and then i'm so the, happy and i'm so happy that you're proud of me too because i'm proud of myself <laughs> it's i'm in to there be the boss uh and then <laughs> the rehearsal
1: dinner which as it turns out this is the last voiceover line for a very long time and tells us a lot about the state of mind that mattress pikelet king needs carrie to be in to use her as a narrative device or that possibly carrie needs to be in to to write but the rehearsal dinner she says and soon it was the night before the big day and um i'd actually like to challenge you now tim so uh, under that in big bold italics i've written when carrie is downhearted and dejected she cannot do voiceovers anymore and i actually quite like that uh That's what I've got written there. Can you tell me the next time that Carrie wades into the story uh, and describes what's
0: happening? From they're so in the, Mexico They're in Mexico. The, the, yeah. Shush. They're in Mexico. Uh, am I right in that bit? I'm not going to give you, you any clues along the way. I you tell me once, y- you, once I, you're I think ready. You said yes. I think you already said yes to that. I reckon it's a big old gap till they're in Mexico. And I even think it might be be when Charlotte shits herself. Um, fuck. And I can't remember how it's worded. Fight and... Uh, fuck. Because it's after Miranda tells her that she will laugh again when something is fun... Oh, wait, hold on. There's something before... No, I think that's right. When something is funny enough, she will laugh. It's I'm going to just take a stab. I think this is wrong, but... And Miranda was right. When something was funny enough... I did laugh. Uh, you are you are in the right bracket.
1: Okay. I mean, you're, you're you're under a shared subheading, which is Mexico. I'm s- Morale for the fence returns, to see, buddy. but there's a there's a moment before that. There's two voiceover moments that prompt that reflection. Oh, you're
0: right. You're right. Of course, I'm right. And, I literally transcribed the movie. And for and for a moment, while remembering her loved ones, Charlotte. Charlotte forgot where she was and opened her mouth. Pretty fucking
1: good. I mean, in terms of energy and vibe, you have articulated the the sentence. The actual writing is, After a workout, Charlotte couldn't help but think how truly blessed she was. This week had made her feel more grateful than ever for a happy marriage, and just for a second, while picturing her loved ones at home in New York, she forgot where she was and opened her mouth. Uh, And that would, I mean it's roughly halfway in the movie it's roughly halfway in the voiceover uh it's a good place to leave this particular task for
0: today (laughs) i am absolutely enamored with your decision making this episode of the podcast guy (laughs) where you looked in front of you and went we've got a lot to get through i better do a real-time four-minute pause in the middle when we're doing the worst scene in the movie good on you that is true comedy (laughs) I do what I can to help who I can. If you have enjoyed this
1: episode as well, I hope you might. Please, uh, and live in any of the following four cities, New York City, Chicago, Portland, or Los Angeles, please come along to our live shows, a tour that by our current speed and math will see us watching the movie comfortably over 52 times. Yeah, we fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, big time, and we will not, you know, the only way we know how to pay for our, our miscalculation is to continue watching the movie. Uh, so, on Monday, the Monday, oh no, sorry, Sunday, June 23rd at Littlefield in New York, on Monday, June 24th at Sleeping Village in Chicago, on Wednesday, June 26th at the Clinton Street Theatre in Portland, and on Friday, June 28th at the Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles, california all available at little empire podcasts dot com get Slash involved life. it's gonna be a fucking boatload of fun already by recommitting to the movie as i have this watch i feel reinvigorated i mean i'm gonna have to create tasks to get myself through every screening because honestly it was the only way i could concentrate on what was happening in front of me uh, there's real value in it, Tim. And if you want to roll your sleeves up and do your own research on the next screening, I, I, I mean, you're going to be in a sensory deprivation tank, self-built. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, so, mate,
0: I've got my I've got my work cut out for me. I'm going to be experiencing nothing but the movie next watch. Um, hopefully, oh the courier has actually come this morning with my VR headset, so I can set that all up. Um, but, it's it's going to be wild. It's enough to
1: make me feel sick. Also, quickly. Uh, I'd like to say to anyone in New York who is interested beyond my contribution to the worst area of all time, uh, I'm doing a live solo show. The solo show just toured through Australia and New Zealand called I Was Part of the Problem Before We Were Talking About It at Union Hall on Wednesday the 19th of June. If you head along to Union Hall's website, tickets are available there. It's part of the Golden Hours comedy series, which looks great. It's just a, a bunch of shows.
0: I saw this show, and I I could not vouch more for it. It's fucking Guy Montgomery at his best. It's bloody nah, great. I'm very A proud joy
1: to hear. Uh, so the show's at 7.30 on Wednesday, June 19th. Please come along. I'd love to see you there. Otherwise, have a great day. I can't wait to yes. walk free from this film, this conversation. It's been a joy, though, Tim.
0: It's been a true pleasure talking to you, Guy, and an absolute abomination watching the movie for the 47th time. So until next time, which will be very soon, coming to you live from a VR deprivation chamber, this is Timbo signing off. It's
1: very important you say sensory before deprivation. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of fills me out, I feel him out.